Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Let's start with the wah-wahs today, Brandon. Wah, wah, wah. Here's the headline from the New York Times. Who will care for kinless seniors? Paula Spann is a veteran journalist, chronicler of aging and grandparenting. She's a columnist and a Columbia Journalism School professor. You can find her at paulaspan.com. Give me the woke meter. I, I'm going to give Paula 100% pass today because of Ooh. this topic that she went on. I was like, how do you how do you get mad about I've actually heard Paula Spann interviewed. Oh, um, really? You know, yeah, yeah. She's actually pretty well known. She's smart, capable, probably super woke, but who cares? This was such... I was like, did Larry send this to me to make me want to cry? I mean, Seriously? This was a, it was a hard yeah. one to read, bro. This was tough. Jeez. But anyway, I'll let you set it up. But I'm That's not going to we... give her anything on the woke meter today. Honestly, someone play the Wawa's. Here, here it is, Brandon. An estimated 6.6% of American adults aged 55 and older have no living spouse or biological children. That, according to some research in the Journal of Gerontology. Gerontology. Gerontology, thank you. About 1% fit a narrower definition. Lacking a spouse or partner, children, or biological siblings. Figure rises to 3% among women over 75. Those are aren't those aren't high proportions, but they amount to a lot of kinless people, close to a million older Americans without a spouse or partner, children or siblings in 2019, including 330,000 women over 75. Several demographic factors have fostered increased kinlessness. Baby boomers have lower marriage rates and higher divorce rates than their parents and have more have remained childless. The rise of so-called gray divorce after age 50 also means fewer married seniors and extended lifespans can make for more years without surviving family. In addition, seniors who are black, female, and have lower levels of wealth have particularly high rates of kinlessness. This growing number of kinless seniors who sometimes call themselves elder orphans or solo agers worries researchers and the rest of us because we're all screwed because nobody's going to take care of these people, Brandon. Wow, that was quite the intro you gave there, Lewis. Uh, yeah, when you said this to me, I've, I don't know, man. When you get over a certain age, you start to worry. You start thinking about your own mortality and how it's all going to go down. I don't think I worry too much about my own mortality in terms of like when I snuff out, when I'm gone, you know, it'll just mean less headaches, right? Less stress. All that will be better. But I think this comes down to one word for this country, specifically the United States, selfishness. Really? A hundred percent. I believe that to the core of my being. I'm not saying these seniors are selfish. I'm saying we as a nation are selfish. When people lived in their communities, right? When they were with their families or whatever, and they were, you know, I don't know, say you lived in Ohio in a small town and you had your aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers, you had community around you that was built yeah. in. And I'm not saying that's always good because it's not. Sometimes families are the worst. I would love to see the, the data whether it supports my conjecture or not, my conjecture, I should say, or not, is whether or not that's actually true. But when you don't have family around you to sort of like pick up the pieces because they have to pick up the pieces, I always say, hey, you know what? You, you could pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I think your family's sort of stuck. Like they have to help you, right? It, it, you have to be an awful person to let a family member go down the river without any help. But I think that's what I mean by selfishness is I think a lot of Americans were like tired 
of the work that was required to be in family units, and so they moved. A lot of this is people that don't live anywhere near their families now, right? Well, here's the thing. I mean, what makes America great makes America the worst, right? Individualism. We conquered this great country and killed a lot of lot of native people because we have ambition. We're not tied to the old European systems and norms where we actually live with our family and take care of them when they get older. We don't do that. Correct. I mean, well, I mean, we don't do it today in a modern age. I think there have been plenty of examples in American history where families were cohesive in in units, especially in rural America. Remember, it wasn't yeah. even really that long ago that most Americans did not live in cities. I was reading something somewhere where it was like, wasn't until maybe the middle of the uh, the 19th century, the 1800s, where where American, or that it became 51 percent living in cities, as opposed to you know more than that living in the rural areas and agrarian areas. So I think there's probably some complexities here about as to what this is, but I think a lot of this there was some good points at the end of this article that I was as I was reading, I was like, oh dear God, this can't possibly be the end. But I think for the people they said that were childless or didn't have family around them. The ones that were successful were the ones that built community within their own community. So so for they joined clubs and organizations. I belong and you belong to the Benevolent Protective Order of Elks, right? There are a lot of old people there. And you know what? I don't know how great the Elks are per se, but the people in that community would not be without someone to help them. Just period. So I think that's part of it. Well, listen, it, I think it's it's like technically two words, but one phrase. Baby boomers. Selfish SOBs. They yeah. like consumed all of the world's natural resources. They got married when they want, like divorce when they want. By the way, the highest rate of divorce in American history. Totally. Right. And so now they're alone. And so we're going to have to take care of them. I don't think our general, I think our generation is better marriage wise. I may, once again, not a researcher, just playing one. Right. You don't have any data to support that, but you feel that. Yeah. And so, and I also think younger people will, uh, but once again, I don't know. It's baby boomers. I just don't know why this generation, Bill Clinton, effed all of them. Well, I think that it's pretty simple why baby boomers are the way they are. They're the first generation after World War II. So these people had lived through the Great Depression. Their parents lived through the Great Depression and then a, a world war, and some of them two world wars. Yeah. So that was a tough period of time, right? So when the war was over, it was like high cotton days. The 50s were all about building the suburbs and freeways and fast food and everybody had a car and everybody had a television and we were booming economically. The United States had was t had taken economic control of the world. So even the dumbest, dopiest American could get a job and make middle class income and live a better life than they, maybe their previous generation had lived. That's changed now. It's gone back to a more normal world where we don't have unlimited resources at our command. I think those baby boomers came out. Remember those baby boomers are the kids of the 60s. So they came out and they thought they knew better than My everybody else. They're, they're, they, they could be whatever they wanted, do whatever they wanted, whether ultra-conservative, ultra-liberal, whatever, and they were selfish. It's called the me generation for a reason. We often say the baby boomers, but that's the me generation. That's the generation of people that said, screw you, I'm going to do whatever I want. Well, guess what? Chickens are coming home to roost. And as I read somewhere recently, it's like, it's never the good chickens that come home to roost. It's always the bad chicken. So the chickens have they're, come home to alone. roost. And they're alone. And yeah. they're alone. But that's what I'm saying. I don't feel a whole tremendous amount of sympathy. I, I mean, I do. I don't want anybody to be alone and sad and, and whatever. But part of it is also the life you've chosen to live. Like, if you're not 
reaching out and working within your community. There was one woman in there. She was like, you know, actively involved in all these organizations. And she said, I, I hope that there's reciprocity. I hope that someone will take care of me the way I've been taking care of others. And I think she said a little bit tongue in cheek, but there's truth to that, right? If yeah, you're involved just, in these orgs, you're going to be better taken care of. But one of the, one of the, re, uh, one of the, data points at the end of the story about two-thirds of older americans will eventually hit a rubber meets the road moment and require help with the activities of daily living such as bathing dressing and using a toilet i don't care how many clubs you join as a 70 year old nobody's helping you use the toilet in a club that's not true absolutely not true churches you know people in our church go help the seniors all the time they bring them meals no they don't absolutely untrue absolutely untrue i don't believe that i mean I know for a fact that there are people within my church community that do those exact things. Yes, families typically are the ones that do it. When my dad was getting towards the end, he got to the point where he, my brother had to go over there and like literally wipe yeah. his behind and do that kind of yep. stuff, and it was rough. It was Brutal. really rough. But the, the truth is we're all going to get there. Yeah, We're all going to have to deal with that, and it's, how, it's the peace we make. I mean, that's why when I went to my doctor years ago, he was specialist in – octogenarian cancers. He was my general practitioner, but his specialty was octogenarian cancers. And he's like, look, Brandon, here's the deal. You don't want to live to be 100, man. Serious? No one should live to be 100. It's just your body wasn't meant to go there. And so when you're you're at that point, you spend all your time just trying to survive and it's yes. no way to live. So look, man, I don't know what the, what the deal is. I, I got to say, I kind of respect Oregon for having a euthanasia program where these seniors are like, hey, man, my quality of life sucks. Let's just go out on my own terms. So two things. Yeah. Two things to back that phrase up. Number one, when people don't drink, I'm like, why are you not? What are you trying to like? I drink a lot. I'm going out early. My <laughs> organs are failing, bro. I'm not like I'm drinking a lot so that I don't live to be 100. Number one. Number two, because of the baby boomers in my life that talk about their ailments. And that is it because they got nothing in their life to do other than talk about ailments. If I get to 70, bro, I'm not kidding about this. I'm going to invite all my friends to the beach and give them flaming arrows. And I'm going to get in a wooden kayak. And I'm saying, I'm going to kayak to Hawaii. And I'm going to either get there or you're going to shoot me with that flaming arrow. One of the two is going to be the case. You're not going to do that at 70, but maybe 80. I am. No way. I am. I am 70, 75. I'm not going to live to 90 like you said, dude. Shoot me with a flaming arrow like a Viking funeral. Or I'm going to go all the way or a whale's going to eat me as I try. To row to Hawaii. I think a lot of people have that sentiment. My dad had that sentiment. You get to the end and you're like, you're gripping, dude. You're you're like that cat in the cat poster in the eighties, oh, hanging Going on, hanging the there, baby. Dude. Hey, no. listen, I'm all I'm proud go to get you. Eaten by a I will dude. I will be the first dude out there to shoot an arrow at you. I promise. Yeah. I will Thank happily you. shoot an arrow Seriously. at you. But I, yeah, I I get the sentiment. I truly do. I don't know if it solves the problem of the fact that women live longer than men. Yeah. So your wife. Uh, you know, your wife's a couple years younger than you, but she's going to outlive you by 20 years. That, that's okay. part of the problem right there. I just need to point this out, I'm sure, because, you know, our number one listener is this 85-year-old lady who lives in Southern California. That would be my mom. Right. She has a she has the best life she's ever had in her whole life. She's got more friends. She is happy. Like she's probably hearing this thing that I'm going to shoot myself with flaming arrows and seven to be like, <laughs> the last 15 years of her life have been the best. But that's my point. Is your You just hit it on the head. Life. Is that... She sought out community, right? Yeah, She's she not did. living she next door to her. I mean, I know your brother lives in what Reno or somewhere. No, no, we all of her kids don't live near. No, her. no one lives near her, so she doesn't have kids that can be there in ten minutes. And yet, she's no. got community around her yeah. that 
can be helpful. I mean, she put I herself think- in a really good spot. Really, like, like on her own, by the way, with not help from me. Uh, she literally did it on her own. It's amazing. And that's the model that you want to try to live by. I mean, the, the, the statistics that were a little bit alarming and that maybe deserve more thought and research is the fact that women, people of color, and poor people tend to have a much, much harder time yep. as, as they age. And I think that says a lot about our society. It says a lot about our totally. culture. I don't know what's going to happen as an older dad. You know, I have a young daughter. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on Maple to have to care for me yeah. and my or or Corey. So I I just I personally pray that I can stay physically healthy enough to be ambulatory so that I can go out with a stroke or a heart attack at yep. a certain age without being an invalid and making. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's not a lot you can do. You nope. do the best you can. I think you try to surround yourself with good people. And you, you pray that, that you're cared for in that. So, again, I don't spend a yep. whole lot of time worrying about this, but it is a real thing. I'd like to thank you today, Brandon, for committing to shooting a flaming arrow at me in my wooden canoe when I turned 75. Happily. 